morning, church. How are you? Good. Hey, Mary, I just wanted to say, God's had this in my heart for a while. God's doing such a wonderful thing in you. Gosh, it's amazing. And um, just think of all the Marys in the Bible. You've got uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Wow, what a task that she was given. And I just feel like God's birthing something in you. There's like a freshness, a newness. There's a softness in your heart. And apparently you can rap. (laughs) How cool is that? And I just think about uh, Mary and Martha. And you know the story of Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. And I can just see you doing that. Sitting at Jesus' feet. And just soaking him up. And I just want you to know that God's touching you. And you know that already, right? I can see it kind of coming out of your eyes. And there's such a beauty in that. And there's such um, purity in that. You have that pure heart. And um, I'd love to pray for Mary. Let's pray for her. Let's do that. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for Mary. Thank you, God. She comes from this awesome family, but I thank you for what you put in her. This beautiful spirit, this softness towards you. And Holy Spirit, as you're touching her right now, I pray you would break open over her life. That you'd show her what you want her to do. And Lord, I know she's already on that path. But as she waits on you, Holy Spirit, would you empower her? I know she has a passion to share your word. May she do that with a new power, new authority from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bless you. You can grab a seat, guys. Well, someone came to our church this morning. I'm really glad he did. Because if he didn't, we would just be doing another meeting. I wonder if you know who I'm talking about. Uh, It's not the caretaker, Graham Hawke. He's the man with the keys, the keys to the kingdom. So he's important, but I'm not talking about him. Uh, It's not Pastor Ben. I'm glad he came because... um, As lead pastor, there's such an anointing on him right now to lead and bring vision. But I'm not talking about him. I'm not talking about uh, Mikey on the drums, although I'm glad he came. If the guys can put up the next slide, I just want to read this uh, famous quote from A.W. Tozer. You may have heard this before. It says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. Ooh, silah. Pause and think about that for a moment. If if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop. Wow. Everyone would know the difference. So if the Holy Spirit didn't turn up this morning, would we still be able to do church? I think the answer is no. Praise God. We uh, understand the value of Holy Spirit. We understand who he is, how important he is. The creative team lead us into his presence. You brought him with you because this is just a building and it's now filled with spirit because you're here, so we are the church. But it's a good question to ask, isn't it? We could get so good at doing church. You know, the New Testament church couldn't go to Kurong and get a book, 536 Steps to Establishing a Successful Church. They couldn't watch a podcast by Judith Smith or Steve Furtick. They relied on Holy Spirit. So who is he? What does he do? Why do we need him? 
This morning, we're going to open up the front in a moment for you to get a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. He's keen for that. We need him. We need a fresh feeling every day. But I just want to lay a basic biblical foundation of who he is and I want to share who he is to me. So first of all, Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not the wind. We may see him in the wind, but he's not the wind. He's a person. He has a personality just like you and I. He can be offended. He thinks just like you and I. One of the things I love about Holy Spirit is he's our counsellor. He's our helper. He's our assistant. Do you know you have an accuser? Satan is the accuser of the brothers. He's the father of all lies. And he came to church with you too, in one sense. And he might be sitting down there right now telling you what you can't do. Why you uh, shouldn't try this new thing. But praise God, we also have another helper. The parakletos is the Greek word. And he is our, literally, the counsel for the defense. He defends you when the accuser comes. He reminds us what God says about us. And I'm so grateful for the helper in me. He reminds me who God says I am. I don't care what the devil says. Because Jesus says he's the father of all lies. I'm not listening to him. I'm listening to what God says about me. Isn't that good? He's our teacher. He teaches us 24-7. He's better than Ask Google. He's better than Siri. Much better. He's a spirit of truth. He will lead you into all truth. He led you to Jesus who is truth. If you want to know truth, want to know what's really going on, ask Holy Spirit and be prepared because he'll tell you. He's a straight talker. But it's good to know what he actually says. He's the one that leads us into truth. He reveals truth into the inner parts of you. He'll turn light on in your soul, into the dark places in your soul, and and to lead you into light, to lead you into a good place. He's our guard, our seal, our deposit. When you got saved, Holy Spirit came as a stamp He stamped you. (laughs) I'm looking at Dan. So when Dan got saved, Holy Spirit came along. He put his stamp on Dan. He said, Dan is mine. He's mine now. And I'm going to come back and take him to be with me. But in the meantime, that's a guarantee of what's to come. He's a stamp, a deposit, a down payment. How good is that? He helps us to pray. Do you ever feel like, I don't know how to pray? I don't know what to say. It's too hard. Ever feel that? Sometimes we're overwhelmed with stuff in our heads. Holy Spirit helps us to pray. He intercedes for us. So good. He's the one who allowed you to be born again. He's the agent of regeneration. He's the one that actually makes us holy. At the moment we were saved, the Spirit took us and baptised us, put us into the body of Christ. Isn't that good? He's our comforter. He's the one that brings fellowship and joy. The reason we can have joy in difficult circumstances is because the Holy Spirit lives in us. He sets you apart for a sacred purpose. You are set apart for something special. How cool is that? He puts his hand on you. You have a sacred purpose. 
He leads us into the path of righteousness. His fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, will come out of us because he lives in us. So you can see how valuable he is to us, can't you? And this is why Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, to be filled with the Spirit. And it's in the sense of be being filled with the Spirit, that continuous present tense. So what he's saying is keep on being filled with the Spirit. Keep on keeping on being filled. If you've ever been to a cafe where they offer bottomless coffee, who loves their coffee? Yes, a few people say yes. You can now, once that uh, cup gets emptied, you can go back and get it filled. Holy Spirit's like that. We get dry sometimes, right? We need a fresh infilling. I need a fresh infilling every day because somehow I leak. Praise God, we can keep coming back to him and getting refreshed and refilled. He's a giver of gifts. Who loves gifts? The gifts he gives are nothing like those material gifts, though. They're gifts that are given for the common good to build up the body of Christ and make a difference in the world. We need his gifts. And he's also really important. He does an incredibly important job amongst unbelievers. He convicts them of sin and judgment and the need for him, the need for Jesus. His whole job, actually, is to point people to Jesus. That's his whole job. And currently, he also restrains sin and combats lawlessness in this world until the Antichrist will be released, which is good news, isn't it? So there's a particular verse that I want to unpack with you this morning because I believe it's pertinent to us right now as a church. And so it's this, Matthew 3.16. If the guys could put it up on the screen, that would be fantastic. I believe that just as Holy Spirit touched Jesus when he was baptised in the water, that he wants to do that with us this morning. Do you believe that? So Matthew writes, as soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So this is such a simple verse. I'm sure most of us have seen it before. But it paints such a great picture of what God was doing at this time. So we see Jesus coming out of the water, baptised by John the Baptist. And there's a sense of immediacy, immediately, directly. John the Baptist sees an open heaven over Jesus. I believe that there's an open heaven over this church right now. Do you believe it? Can you see it? I love what Mark 1.10 says. It's the same scripture, but it's even more graphic. If we can go to the next screen, that'd be cool. Mark says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit, sorry, and the spirit descending on him like a dove. So the word for torn is actually shritzo. It's the word we get schizophrenic from, and it actually means to split or tear in two. So it's the same word that was used when the veil of the temple was torn in two. There's a real sort of physical graphicness about it. Heaven was torn, it was parted, it was rent in two. And I really believe that God does want to break open something over his church. 
Stuff is happening. God's always been doing things. There are faithful people who've been sowing seeds. But just like in a natural birth, you know, when that baby's inside, there comes a time when it needs to come out. And um, the seed that God has put in this church has been birthed and needs to continue to be birthed. And I really believe there's a new, there's a newness. Holy Spirit wants to do something new today. And the heavens are open above us. This is the thing. We just need to know that and receive. Because God wants to give. We've been singing that this morning. God is good. He only does good. He wants to give good. Because he is good. God is light. In him there is no darkness. There's no darkness in him. Only light. Only good. He wants to do good in your life. So let's have a quick look at this scripture, what it means, what it could mean for us today. And I've uh, borrowed some thoughts from Charles Spurgeon. Anyone love Charles Spurgeon? Was it just me? He's very old school, but he's amazing. His revelation is amazing. First of all, in the very same way that the Spirit of God descends on Jesus, the head of the body of Christ, he also descends in measure on us as members of the body So Holy Spirit can come and touch you this morning in the very same way that he touched Jesus. In the same way it's described in this passage, Holy Spirit often moves rapidly in our lives. There's a singular rapidity to that. He can move quickly. Have you noticed that? He can do in one moment what we cannot do in a lifetime. I love that about Holy Spirit. And here's an interesting thought. Even though he moves quickly and rapidly, he's never in a hurry. Have you noticed that? He's never in a hurry. There's no earthly haste with Holy Spirit. Sometimes, I don't know if you do this or if it's just me, but sometimes I go, God, hurry up. Hurry up. And I feel like he says, calm down, sister. There's no hurry in heaven. It'll be okay. It's in my time. How good is that? So Holy Spirit can move rapidly, and yet he's not in a hurry. It's amazing. There's a quietness when Holy Spirit touches our lives. The Lord is in the still, small voice, and like the Jew, his grace is distilled in silence. When you wake up in the morning, there's dew on the grass, but you didn't hear it fall. And I've personally learned I don't want to miss the Holy Spirit. And that means sometimes I have to turn the noise down. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I have to put my device down. Maybe I have to have a day free of uh, social media. Maybe I need to go for a walk if the house is uh, kind of loud. Because I don't want to miss what he's saying to me. And there's a lot of noise. Talk back radio, everyone else's opinions. There's nothing wrong with those things. But sometimes we've got to turn down the noise so we can hear what he's saying. When Holy Spirit moves in your life, there's a purity. The dove is a symbol of purity. It's a clean bird. The word pure, by the way, means undiluted. Nothing else in there. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of holiness. Pure, pure holiness. Everything that is pure and lovely and of good report is made to grow when Holy Spirit touches. And everything that is sinful and unclean has it to part. There's also a peace when Holy Spirit reigns. The dove is a symbol of peace. 
You remember in Genesis the story of the great flood that uh, the dove flew away with that olive branch. And that was a symbol. It's actually now used as a symbol of peace. So there was turbulence, a great flood, and then there was peace. When Holy Spirit speaks to you, there's a peace, isn't there? I remember one of our sons asking, how do you know? Kind of a bit of early dating advice. He was probably about 15 or 16. He said, how do you know who you should marry? How do you know when it's the right one? And I remember I just said to him, there'll be a peace in your heart. There's a peace. When Holy Spirit speaks to you, there's a peace, isn't there? It's just that quiet peace that you just know it's right. Steve was the right one, by the way. Gentleness is a sign of Holy Spirit. He's gentle. He's powerful, yet gentle. It's amazing, isn't it? Always find when Holy Spirit leads me, there's a gentleness about it. He never, he's not forcing your arm up your back, trying to force you to make a decision. There's just a gentleness about it. He is a gentleman. There's also harmlessness about Holy Spirit. There's harmlessness about the dove. When you think about other birds, eagles and ravens hunt their prey. Yet the dove can endure wrong, but it cannot inflict it. We also must be harmless as doves. So I just want to remind you today, there's no need to be afraid of Holy Spirit. He's not going to harm you. He's good. He will only bring good. And then the dove is a wonderful picture of love. The turtle dove is often used as a symbol of love. So Holy Spirit encapsulates love. He brings love. He brings love into the situation. If I can have the team up, that would be cool. When you're touched by Holy Spirit, you'll have a fresh love for God. You'll have a fresh love for Jesus. You'll have a fresh love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you'll have a fresh love for those that don't know Jesus yet, which is really cool because Jesus says that people will know that we're followers by our love walk, right? They'll watch us and they will know that we're followers of Jesus if we walk in his love. So the greatest thing you can do for an unbeliever, for someone who's not yet a believer, is simply love them and uh, love them with that Love that has no strings attached. Because then they'll be asking that question, why are you doing that? Why would you do that? And you can give them a good answer. And finally, Holy Holy Spirit brings order and life. He was very involved in the creation of of the universe. We read in Genesis 1 2 in the Amplified that the Spirit of God was moving or hovering or brooding over the face of the waters. So the verb that's used here has a sense of like a bird hovering and fluttering over the water. He was brooding. He was bringing life out of the waters. He was creating life. What could Holy Spirit do this morning if he brooded over your heart? Maybe you have a dream for a business and you've thought about it, you've got the plan. You've talked to the right people But if you can invite Holy Spirit into that, to brood over that, what could he do? How could he use you? Maybe there's stuff in your life, there's dreams that you've tried and it didn't work. 
What could happen if Holy Spirit brooded over your heart right now and allowed that life, those dreams that God's placed in there to be drawn out? What could he do? How could he use you to transform the world? So Holy Spirit, how do we recognize his presence? There's a, there's a rapidity, there's a, there's a speed, but there's no haste. Quietness, purity, peace, gentleness, harmlessness, love, order, and life. We're going to open the front up in a moment, and I want to invite you, if God's speaking to you about anything right now, which should be every one of us, <laughs> I want to encourage you to come out the front. We can pray for you, but more than that, you're taking a stand. You're saying, Holy Spirit, I present myself as a vessel for you to come, to touch me, to bring new life, to brood over me, to draw out of me what you've put in me. First of all, I just want to read two scriptures. should come up on a slide soon. And I think these are scriptures for us as a church right now. Isaiah 43, 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. If that speaks to you this morning, I really encourage you to come out the front and we're going to pray for you. And then another scripture, Matthew 9, 16 to 17. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Recently, I've been feeling a bit smashed by God. I don't mind admitting that. (laughs) At first, you think, God, that's enough. Come on now. Stop it. But I've realized it's because I think God wants to do something new in me. He wants to bring a new wine out of me. And so when God smashes you, what he's really doing is he's pressing you. He's, he's forcing you to confront those things in your life that might stop you from serving him. For me, it's been fear of all sorts of crazy things. And so God's perfect love replaces fear. It drives out fear. So when God presses you, when you are like an olive in that olive press, being pressed and pressed and pressed, or like a little grape, tiny little red grape, in the wine press, being pressed. It's because of this, he wants to make new wine out of you. Maybe you feel like a wineskin. Here's the thing, they were goat skins. When the wine was poured in there, of course, it's just grape juice at first, and it ferments. And as it ferments, it grows, it grows, it grows. That wineskin has to stretch for the growth that's internal, the things that are going on inside. And that's why they had to use new wineskins because the old wineskins would get hard. They'd stretched and then they'd harden. There was no more stretch left in them. So Jesus in this verse is saying, I need you to be stretchable, to be flexible, to be 
clay in my hands and I want to do a new thing in you. Will you be willing for me to do that new thing in you? It requires a stretch. So you might be feeling pressed. Anyone feeling pressed this morning? You don't have to put up your hand. You might be feeling stretched. Either way, it's a good sign. Holy Spirit wants to do something in you. God has his hand on your life. He wants to use you and to bring blessing to others. So if that scripture means something to you as well, I encourage you to come out this morning. If you're here this morning, you're thinking, I don't know who this Jesus is you're talking about. Then I would love you to come out the front and we'll pray for you. He's the saviour of my soul. When I was about 21, I gave my life to him. My life changed forever. It wasn't perfect, but all of a sudden I had a reason for living. All of a sudden I had a purpose. All of a sudden I had someone who was the lover of my soul, who would chase after me as we were singing this morning. All of a sudden I had a family all across the earth of people that I haven't even met yet, but who are also lovers of Jesus like me. So if you've never met this Jesus, why not do that today? Maybe you need a fresh touch. Maybe you've never received baptism of the Holy Spirit. You just want God to touch you. By the way, he did that. We read about that in Acts 1 so that we could go out and tell others the good news. It's essentially for others that we are empowered in that way. Maybe one of these scriptures spoke to you. Maybe you need healing in your body. Whatever the reason, I would encourage you to start coming out now. The team's going to come and pray for you. Let's just expect God to move this morning. God is good. He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to use you. He wants to see those dreams that he's put in your heart come to fruition. So I encourage you, come out. We're going to pray for you now.